Well, if you've missed last episode or maybe you just fell asleep last week, let me just fly through a really brief review for you. We are talking about weird. Because why? Because normal isn't working. We looked at the teaching of Jesus, and, and he showed us that there's two different roads, right? There is one road, the broad road, and that's where many people travel. Unfortunately, that road leads to destruction, and that's where the big crowds tend to go. But there's another road. Jesus said that's the narrow road, and the good news is that that road leads to life. The bad news is that only a few people have the courage to leave the broad road and enter the narrow road. The crowd, the crowd, that's where normal people go. And most of us find a great deal of comfort being in the crowd. If everybody's going that way, we must be going the right way. But when you have the courage to leave the road that leads to destruction, to get on the narrow road that leads to life, the people back here on the, on the broad road are going to say, stop it. Come back, you're freaking me out. What, are you weird? But that's good news. Because normal isn't working. If you want what the normal people have, do what the normal people do. If you want what few people have, then you've got to do what few people do. And I'm, and I'm just wondering this morning, if you would be one of the people who would say, I believe God has something better than a normal life for me, and I want it. And if you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. But if you want what few people have, peace, joy, security, a life of meaning and of destiny, a sense of pleasing God, then you will have to do what few people do. (coughs) It's time to get a little bit weird. I got started on that early. Uh, Grade 7, I was a wreck. Thick, plastic-rimmed glasses, braces, braces with an external headgear, thank you very much. There was no way that this attraction was on the broad road of normal. But wait, there's still more. I used to like to wear a two-tone gray beret and a red bandana around my neck. Ooh, I was weird. Somehow, the fact that I'm still alive today is a testimony to God's saving, protective grace and mercy. I was sure growing up that I was adopted. There there, there was no one in my close family like me. There was no one in my extended family like me. The only thing that I could hold on to was that my teeth required braces. And the requirement came from a, a, a tooth pattern that matched my mom's. And so my mom and my dad, they tried to drive into my heart and into my head. Maybe you've heard parents say something like this. A lot of parents say, you know what, it's okay to be different. It's okay to be different, Graham. Not so sure that they were convinced. Uh, What I hope that you'll embrace, embrace, though, is that the truth, that not, not only is it okay for you to be different, but when you're being led by the Spirit of God, it's way, way, way better to be different because normal is broken. Normal is broke. Normal is overwhelmed. Normal is broken relationships. Normal is fear. And there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. 
Normal is where the crowd is going, and I am going to challenge you to put on your turn signal, to exit, to have the courage to exit the broad road, to get off the broad road, to move on to the narrow road, following in earnest pursuit of Jesus. Here's what God said, 1 Peter 1, be holy. Why? Because I am holy. God said to be holy. Now, for years and years of my life, the word holy was frankly very intimidating. Maybe you know this, understand this feeling right now. Be holy. I thought only superheroes of the faith were holy. Only people from Bible times were holy. Robes, beards, scrolls, holy. I thought of the massively religious people. Perfect people. Not average people. And definitely not me. Because I knew my impure thoughts. I knew my angry thoughts, and I knew my actions weren't holy. But what I have learned may help you as well. I really hope that's the case. Here's a little bit more context to the meaning of the word holy. So just, ima just imagine right now that I speak Greek, okay? The word holy comes from the root Greek word hagios. And besides holy, the word means to be pure, to be set apart. It means to be different. God says, be holy because I am holy. God says that in this very impure world, you, you be pure. God says to be set apart. You're not normal. You are set apart to be different. God says, don't be like the rest of the world, but be different. And here's the, the key. You're not just a Christian in name okay, but you truly want to give honor to God in the way that you live. When you follow his teachings, Jesus will lead you off that broad path and onto the narrow one, and your goal is not weird for weird's sake. Your goal is to please God, and when you're striving to please God, you will be set apart. You will be different, and the rest of the world, they might just call you weird, the moment you leave that path, you're going to be smacked in the face with people who are going to probably make fun of you to some degree. Where are you going? Come on, stay with us over here. Here's where all the normal people are at. We got a seat for you right over here. Come back and join us. Have a seat. Don't be different. Don't be so weird. You, come on, you used to be cool. Stay with us. And here it comes. All right? It looks different all the time, but it's the constant pressure to conform to the norm. Psalm 69, David says to God, God, passion for me has consumed, passion for you has consumed my heart. Passion for what matters to you, right? There's this sense of God, I want to serve you and you alone. I want my whole life to count for you. <coughs> I want to worship you all day long as I continue to do whatever else it is that I'm doing. Passion for the things that matter to you. That's what matters to me. It's consumed me. God, help me to see as you see so I can do as you say. It goes on in verse 9 to say, and the insults of those who insult God have fallen on me. In other words, God, God I'm, 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 I'm hanging out so close to you that when, when, when people start to shoot arrows at you, they're going to hit me because we're tight. I'm right there with you. Verse 10, when I weep and fast, they scoff at me. 11, when I dress in burlap and I show sorrow, they make fun of me. 
12. I am the favorite topic of the town gossip. And all the town drunks sing about me. So here's the deal, all right? If, you're, if you think that you're weird and there's no drunk people making up songs about you, you've got room to be a little bit more weird. When you leave that broad road and you follow Christ onto the narrow road, people are going to mock you. It just happens. They're going to call you weird because you're not normal. When God leads you in that way, whatever you do, don't get stuck in the bucket. Bucket? What bucket? Get a little bucket, okay? Next time you go to the beach and put some sand crabs into the bucket, and you're going to watch because you're not going to need to put a lid on it to keep the sand crabs in because the the crabs will do all the work for you. (coughs) Whenever one little crab decides, I'm sick of the bucket. I'm sick of hanging out with crabs, and I want to be free. Crab one is going to start to climb out, okay? And over here we've, oh, no, you don't. And he's going to grab him by his little crab butt, and he's going to pull him back down by his little crab butt back into the group. And as soon as you start to feel the Spirit of God leading you from the normal road into a God-honoring, God-first kind of place, there's going to be a bunch of crabby people who are grabbing at your butt saying, don't leave us. Come back to the normal. Hey, where do you think you're going? (coughs) You may be wondering, why do crabs do that? And that's a great question. And frankly, I'm so glad that I asked that question for you. But you know what? Nobody knows because crabs don't talk, all right? Why do people do that? Because there's fear and there's judgment. There's comfort in the crowd. Don't leave us. There's going to be that constant pressure to to conform to the norm. All of your life, there's going to be a gravitational pull from where you're trying to go back to where you came from. And you're going to have to fight that drive. Two types of uh, pressure. The first one is the inward pressure, and that's the need to please. We want to make people happy. We don't want them to think that we are weird. We want them uh, to be like us. We want to blend in, to fit in. We just want to be normal. Why can't we just be normal? You know what? That's a great idea. I'd love it. I'd love to do that, but what are people going to think? What are my friends going to say? I don't know if everyone's going to understand and what are the people that I don't know yet? What are they going to think? Solomon addresses this problem really clearly in Proverbs 29, 25. He says, fear of man. That means fear of what people will do to me or what they're going to think about me. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. You want to circle that word snare maybe in your Bible or in the notes that you're taking right now. And you can draw a little line beside and you can write the word Mokesh, all right? That's what Admiral Akbar shouts. It's a twap, right? It means it's a snare. Literally, the way the word is could be translated, it was a hook, all right? A hook that's put into an animal's nose. It was a trap or a snare. Have you seen one of those bulls that has a big ring in the nose, right? And then you get a rope, you tie it around that, and you can take that big old bull and you can just pull him around, yank that bull around by its nose. We call it leading the bull by the nose. Fear of man. It will prove to be a hook like that in your nose. It will hook you like this. Everybody, take your finger, put it in your neighbor's nose, give him a little tug. Remind them, 
to not be tugged around, all right? It will remind you that the fear of man is a snare because it will lead you. Not like God leads you. Uh, He doesn't force or shame. God will lead you to do something that others just think is kind of weird. I can just bet that there are so many people who are halfway, right? Halfway to doing what God wants them to do, but we're afraid of what people are going to think. Never forget this part. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. What are they going to think? What are they going to say? Remember this. Being obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. Surrendering to the opinions of others will draw you back to that normal road that leads to destruction. That's why parents, we got to teach our kids, all right? It's not just okay to be different, it's better. And when you build these values into your kids, they will have a strong sense of family identity. You teach them there are some things that as a family, we don't do. Normal people do them, we don't. And there's other things that that we're going to do that normal people don't do. Greg Gunn teaches this, this cool principle. He says that whenever family identity is strong, peer pressure is going to be weak. But whenever family identity is weak, which is normal, peer pressure is going to be strong. You've got to deal with that inward need to please. Fear of man, it will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord, whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Inward pressure, the need to please. Then there's the second one, outward pressure, criticism. It's feeling the pressure from the outside. (coughs) When the normal people on the broad road are hurling the insults at you for being on the narrow road, hey, what's up with you? Come back over here. What are you going to do? Go to church all the time? Come on, you churchy guy, you. Oh, oh no, no, I get it. No, I see it. It's clear now. Oh, you think you're better than us, right? Mr. Holier than thou. Super Christian. Is that what you are? And they'll make fun of you. And they, it's, it's a jab, and they criticize, and there's a little persecution in that. And when they do, remember the words of Jesus from John 15, verse 8. He said, if the world hates you, Keep in mind, it hated me first. 19, because if you belong to the world, if you were normal, it would love you as its own. As it is, you don't belong to the world. You're different. You're an alien. You're a stranger. You're weird. I've chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. Jesus said in 20, if they persecuted me, what are they going to do? Come on, you can read it. You can say it with me. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Get ready for it. Okay, get ready. It's part of being different. It's part of being set apart. It's part of being pure. It's part of being holy. It's part of leaving the normal road that leads to destruction and getting on the narrow road that leads to life. But normal's not working. And normal people don't like it when you do something different. But don't worry when they criticize you for being weird. Worry when they don't. Because if they don't, chances are that you're just way too normal. 
It may be that you're going to drive an old clunker car because you have committed, you have decided it is time to get out of debt. Or maybe, maybe it's time to downsize because that's what God has called for you. Or, or, or maybe it's time to fast because there's a problem. You've got a sick relative and, and you're going to fast on their behalf. It might be that you're going to adopt kids or, or you're going to lead a new ministry. You're going to jump in and you're, and you're going to do it. You're going to take a next step, your next step. You're going to focus on the 10th anniversary challenges. Maybe like Moses, like we just heard, you saw a need and you decided, no longer will I just walk by that because I can help. I can do something. I will do something. But how are you going to have the time? I guess you'll just have to adjust it, right? Because who's got extra time? None of us. We all have the same time. It's all about our time allocation. There are ways to allocate time that everybody kind of accepts. And there are, time, there are ways to allocate time where people wonder you, look at you and they say, I wonder why you value that. Whatever gets done, gets done because someone chose to do it. Or not. What will you choose? Remember this, Matthew 5.10, Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 11, and blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, right? You, you can earn that all on your own sometimes, so because of Jesus. Rejoice and be glad because you're, great is your reward in heaven. Ah, man, I pray that people don't understand. I pray that you are different and that you, ha- that you can remember this. You can live your whole life. Remember this. You can live your whole life trying to please people, but you can't please everyone no matter what you do, but this is going to blow your mind, it blew my mind, but you can please God. No matter what you do, you can't please everyone else, but somehow you actually have the capacity to please God. 1 Thessalonians 2, for as we speak as messengers who have been approved by God to be entrusted with the good news, our purpose is to please God, not people. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. Do you care what God thinks? Does it make a difference what God thinks? Because fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. If you want what few people have, do what few people do. When you follow Christ, you will be different. You will be holy, you will be set apart, and you will be persecuted. Do not worry if you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. Worry when you're not. Find comfort when they call you weird, because normal isn't working. And you know, when led by the Spirit, weird is way better than normal. Pray with me. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that your spirit would direct us off that broad path that leads to destruction and that we would be different for your namesake. I sense that many many people are going to recognize that, that they're just way too normal and what they truly crave is not to be weird for weird's sake, but, but to crave to live a life that would honor you, God. God, it is our desire to please you. We want to live for you. We want 
these things to become clear for us too. And we struggle. And so we say, help, mercy, Lord Jesus, guide us forward. How, how, how do I go into a place that I don't know how to go? I've never been there before. Take me one step at a time. Lead me where you would have me to go. Give me the courage to follow you even when it feels weird to me too. We're not talking about weird just to be weird. We're talking about weird to not be normal. Normal doesn't fix our eyes upon Christ, and it is our desire to fix our eyes upon Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith, the one who started our story, the one who was with us in the middle of the story, the one who sees where the story is going, and it is my desire, and I pray it's the desire of my friends who are watching and listening today, that our story would become compelling to us as we see what you have written for us. When we see that us as characters, who you have created us to be, Jesus, help us to walk into all that you have for us. And not to settle with, that's enough for now. Lord, Lord, Lord Jesus, set us free. This is so much to do with freedom. Set us free from our fears of what other people would say. Set us free from what we think other people might think. Set us free from the, I don't know how it's all going to work out. Set us free from the worries of, I don't know how I have to pay for all this. Set us free from the worries of, I don't know how to do that yet. Set us free from the worries of, I might look silly. Set us free from the worries, the worries, the worries. The jump on the path in front of us and say, stay where you are. Don't go any farther. Stay with everyone else. Set us free from the fears that hold us back and hold us down in that bucket. Give us a vision for the life that you have set apart, created for us, in us, that you are calling us into. A life that is so much about more and not about less. Freedom, not fear. Provision, not scarcity. Oh God, my faith I desire it to be on you. And I pray for my friends that they are in the same place. But we struggle. Meet us today, I pray. As it is our desire to walk away from that narrow, that wide road where everyone else is hanging out, where everyone else feels comfortable because everyone else is there. Give us a glimpse of that narrow road hasn't been well traveled, can't tell exactly where I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to trust. I'm going to have to trust this whole time. I'm going to trust the spirit that Jesus left for me, placed inside of me. Holy Spirit, prompt me. And then give me the courage to respond to those prompts. And the better I get at following those prompts, the easier it is to walk on this path the path in earnest pursuit of my Savior Jesus. Meet me as I come. Give me the boldness to come running. I'm tired of being held back. I'm tired of being held down. I'm tired of what other people might say and what other people might think. I'm tired of a faith that's described as dead. I'm tired of the lack of life 
I'm tired of so many of these things. I'm not interested in a religion. I'm interested in a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I think that there's a bunch of my friends that are eager for this as well. Freedom to live in forgiveness. Freedom to live in your grace. Freedom to trust you. God, carry us forward, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.